Elon Musk gets a new title at Tesla. Air travel jumps and is Target by. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And a record day in the markets today with the Dow Jones up 174 points, NASDAQ up 139, S&P 500 up 25, and the Rust 2K up 7 with the Dow Jones and S&P 500 making all-time highs. And all the while, the VIX, 20.03. If that thing breaks down below 20, as I have said, that is a major time. That could be a lot of upside if the VIX breaks down below 20. So definitely be watching that. It has been a time, a point of major support for the VIX. And as we all know, if the VIX drops below that level that some of these big analysts, some of these geniuses in the market have called out, this $20 level in the VIX, if it breaks down below that 20 point, If it breaks down below that, be prepared for some upside in the market. Very exciting to see that 20.03 on the VIX. But we have to get in to the latest market news, the latest market calls, and let's take a look at the analyst calls. What is going on today? Well, BMO reiterated Netflix as a top pick for the year 2021, and I have to agree with them. I think there are three solid, long-term, multi you know, baggers, they call them, in the streaming space. And those three are Netflix, Roku, and Disney. Now, yes, all three of those have already run an extreme amount, but I don't think streaming is going to slow down anytime soon. And I think there is a lot of growth left for Netflix. I think there's a lot of growth left for Disney. I do believe Disney eventually becomes bigger than Netflix. But personally, if I were making a streaming portfolio, I'd split some of my capital into both Disney and Netflix and maybe even a little Roku. Um, So definitely, uh, I agree with the call here with BMO on Netflix. Atlantic Equities upgrading Dollar General the overweight from neutral. I 100% agree with this. If you take a look at the overall market, especially on the one month returns, the consumer defensive discount store space has been absolutely getting sold off like crazy. Walmart, Costco, and Target, and Dollar General all down. Dollar General is a solid company, consistent grower, um, and really a solid management team as well. So I definitely do agree with this call here saying it's a buy um, in overweight rating on it. 100% agree. Goldman Sachs initiating Unity Software is a buy. That's stock, I do believe could be a solid one to look into here. So definitely look into that. Maybe a breakdown coming on that soon. But if you take a look, it's currently at 109. It did IPO and then it had a huge rally to the upside all the way up to 172. Um, I definitely do think this one is a buy here. I take a look at it. It's currently way off its highs at 172 um, and it's currently done what way out, way down at 109. Could possibly be a solid pickup here. Unity Software. Check that one out as well. Bank of America reiterated Exxon and Occidental as top ideas. I like Chevron more when it comes to oil. Crude is right around 65 bucks right now. I personally do think that oil does move higher in the mid, short to mid term um, as the economy heats back up, as inflation fears grip Wall Street. And not only that, but as cuts are maintained, production cuts are maintained by OPEC. Um, and as far as I know, they're still on. They maintained them a few weeks ago. I don't believe anything has changed. So that is definitely something to take a look at. Um, so, you know, oil to me, I like Chevron the most. If you want to play oil, I'd rather go in the clean energy, pick up some solid clean energy 
energy names, possibly some EV names as well, because that's all part of the clean earth movement here. Um, and I think investing in that would be a better move. I see a much longer term investment thesis with clean energy than I do oil. Now, Wells Fargo raised its price target on Gap to $40 from $32. I'm not a huge fan of Gap, but what this tells me is it's another retail upgrade. And I do think that the retail space is going to continue to boom as long as the country is reopening. I think it's more of a short-term retail trade going on right now. And I do think you can have a profitable profitable short-term retail trade. But at the same time, I don't like some of these retail names long because I think online is the future. I think everyone believes that. And I think online shopping is definitely the future. And I eventually think that in-person shopping is going to be a rarity when it comes to these big box names like Gap. Now, Elon Musk gets a new title. We have to talk about this. This is kind of a joke, um, but it'll lighten the mood today um, if some of you experience some losses. Now, Tesla has officially given CEO Elon Musk, according to CNBC, the tech, the title of techno king of Tesla. I love it. Now, not only that, but uh, their CFO, uh, chief financial officer, Zach Kirkhorn, uh, also got the title Master of Coin. So this is very cool. Some cool stuff going on over at Tesla. Some jokes. Um, I like it. Techno king of Tesla and a master of coin. Very interesting stuff over there at Tesla. Some investors frustrated with this, saying it's very unprofessional. Um, personally, I think unconventional CEOs and management teams uh, that keep it real with their customers and their fan base are much better than those clipboard-holding, uh, boring CEOs. And I definitely do think that's part of the attraction towards Tesla is Elon Musk's and Tesla management's uh, wild antics all the time. And I also think it's a bit of a taunt towards uh, the SEC after some of the recent lawsuits against Tesla, which I think are absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Um, at the end of the day, I do believe that, you know, whether you're the CEO of Tesla or a huge company, no matter the company, I think you should be able to freely speak on whatever the heck you want. Um, and Elon Musk speaking freely on cryptos, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. And I think it's a bit ridiculous what the SEC is doing. Somewhat of a targeting, um, it seems like, out of the SEC, which is ridiculous. Now, U.S. Treasuries may remain elevated, um, especially the 10-year. If you take a look at the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield, it still is maintained a level above 1.6%. Part of this, I believe, is simply the economy opening back up, but part of it, I think, is definitely um, inflation fear. Now, we're going to get some news tomorrow on the economy projection and what the Fed is thinking on inflation as there is a meeting tomorrow, a Fed meeting. It starts tomorrow, ends Wednesday, so there's definitely something to pay attention to. The Fed meeting is going to be very important to watch and listen to, so pay attention to that. If that 10-year Treasury continues to move higher and higher and if we get a huge increase again in the 10-year Treasury yield, expect Expect a lot of selling and growth names, especially the tech-heavy software names. Um, so definitely pay attention there. Uh, and this is important after the $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Now, air travel jumped. The Transportation Security Administration screened. Guess what? More than 1.34 million people on Sunday. Insane. That's directly from CNBC. Not only that, but that's 86,000 more than a year ago. 86,000. While 86,000 isn't a huge amount, um, it's definitely a significant amount, and it shows air travel is bouncing back. Now, air travel is still 45% below the 2019 levels, but this goes to show that air travel is starting to get kicking, and as the country reopens, I firmly believe that travel is going to get bigger, and therefore, this is going to boost the airlines in the short term, but I think it's going to be a long-term positive for those names that manufacture the aircrafts. Boeing and the other ones that are involved, the other industrials involved in the manufacturing of aircrafts for the airline industry, GE, Honeywell, Raytheon, all names to take a look at as travel, especially 
in air um, becomes more prevalent and on the comeback once again. Now, I want to talk about a private company real quick, and that is Stripe. Stripe has well become the most valuable private startup currently, um, hitting a $95 billion valuation in a recent funding deal that just closed. Now, if you don't know who Stripe is, I'll quickly tell you. Stripe is an online payments processing company. They create the payments infrastructure um, for all of these retail, all of these digital content websites. Um, And not only that, but if you look at their customer list, this fintech company's customer list, it's insane. Probably the most impressive I've ever seen. Instacart, Salesforce, Amazon, Slack, Shopify, Google, Zoom, and Lyft, and many more. So what do I think? about Stripe. I think it's probably the best fintech company currently out there. Even though it's private, it doesn't mean um, that you just forget about it because this company could be coming a public company very soon. There was rumors of it going public via SPAC, possibly with Bill Ackman's, um, you know, SPAC. Uh, whether it is or not, I don't know. That's definitely a far off guess. Um, I really do think in all likelihood Stripe goes public via IPO, but it's very interesting to take a look at Stripe and these private companies and what deals they're making. Um, and Stripe is making headlines today. Figured I'd toss it up to you guys. So definitely something to put on your radar. Put it in your notes and be like Stripe. Start researching the company. So if this company comes on and you hear and it's going to IPO, you know everything about it and you can make a decision whether to buy or sell right away way. So definitely one to keep on your radar. Now let's talk about Target. And we all know Target. Target, uh, ticker sign TGT, by the way, um, is a general merchandise retailer with locations across the United States and over 350,000 employees throughout the entire company. Now, taking a look at Target's location, 75% of the U.S. population lives within 10 miles of a Target location. Um, And not only that, but they're in all 50 states. Insane stuff. Um, Huge footprint. I love it. Now, given the major rotation in the market, um, the consumer defensive sector has absolutely been in sell mode. And therefore, uh, as I noted earlier, the consumer defensive names absolutely getting sold off. Walmart, Costco, Target, Dollar General, all down. Let's not mention Dollar Tree and all the others. Um, Absolutely getting sold off. So in the past month, uh, Target's down more than 6%. And therefore, I think you're getting a buying opportunity, especially after their rock solid earnings that they delivered Q4 earnings that we're going to talk about right now. Now, digging into the numbers, Target beat Q4 2021 expectations with an EPS of $2.67. That's much better than the analyst consensus estimate of $2.54. Now, on a year-over-year basis, wait for this, a 57.99% increase in EPS. That's a big improvement. I love it. Now, revenues expanded as well throughout the quarter, coming in 21.1% higher year-over-year at $28.339 billion quarterly revenues Love it. Now, as for income, Target reported a Q4 operating income level of $1.836 billion. Now, that's a 53.2% increase in operating income throughout the quarter. Insane stuff. And on top of that, on top of that, the full year was even better. If you take a look, full year 2021 revenues totaled $93.561 billion. That's a 19.8% jump in revenues on a year-over-year basis throughout 2021. And not only that, but operating income increased by 40.4% throughout 2021. Throughout the whole year, 40.4% increase in operating income. Now, of course, throughout the fourth quarter, you did see an increase in cost. A lot of people getting nitpicky about that. Well, guess what, people? It takes money to make money. So cost of sales jumped to $20.485 billion. That's a 20.1% increase in cost of sales, but not a huge worry to me. 
because revenues are expanding rapidly as well, uh, operating income growing as well. And I do see the fact that Target is just a remarkable company with an insanely loyal customer base, a huge footprint, and I think they only continue to grow. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, total debt, $12.680 billion. Total liabilities, $36.808 billion. Total assets, $51.248 billion. And a cash is short-term investments level of eight point five one one billion bucks. So not bad when it comes to the balance sheet. There could be some improvement, a little more cash, but overall quite a solid balance sheet. Now, when it comes to the valuation, it does trade at a premium. That's definite. Um, It trades at a price to earnings of just about 20 times and then a forward price to earnings of around 18.8 times. So it's definitely, you know, a higher valuation, a price to sales of 0.96 and a price to book to 6.24, as well as a price to cash flow of 11.09. So what do I think overall when it comes to the valuation? It is high. But look at the company you're getting. It's freaking awesome. And let's not mention the dividend here. A 68 cents dividend, a 1.5% yield. I like it. I think that Target is a solid company. They pay you to hold it and they see excellent growth, 20%. I like it. Now, when it comes to management, management's done a solid job as well. They've been very effective. Uh, a return on equity of 33.25%, return on assets of 9.29%, and a return on invested capital of 14.70%. So solid stuff there as well. When it comes to management, definitely doing better than a lot of peers in the space. Now, uh, since we got all the numbers out of the way, all the positivity out of the way, what are the analysts thinking? Well, I'd assume they'd be bullish, and they are. Taking a look at what the analysts think, the mean price target is 211 bucks a share. That's roughly a 16% upside from here. Um, the high price target is 216 The low is 185 At max, that's a 43.61% gain, according to analyst targets. Um, personally, I, I agree with them. I think I'm in between the mean price target and the high price target. I think a relatively good price target for the next few months, if the market gets back in shape and those consumer defensives start to go back up, I do think in a bullish case that 230 240 is attainable i like it i think it's a solid company and the big money does too because they own 76.69 percent of target um and guess who the top holders are well they're the usuals the vanguard group state street global advisors and blackrock institutional trust so some solid companies there on a technical basis it's presenting an opportunity it sold off on those excellent numbers that we just went through sold off on them So what do I think? I think you buy it here. I think Target is a solid buy right here. A rock solid company with consistent growth, a loyal customer base, a huge footprint and growing revenues and expanding operating income. I like it all in a management team that is on fire. Now, I also want to talk about Qualcomm. I made a call on Twitter. I said, look, people, I think that the semiconductor stuff, I think it's a bit overhyped. And I mentioned this in the last podcast, but we never talked about Qualcomm itself. So let's talk about it real quick. Now, Qualcomm is a major semiconductor company that specializes in mobile and wireless device technology with strong exposure to the 5G market, networking equipment, and so much more. Now, breaking down the stock price, according to Traffic, 69.2% of Qualcomm stock price is based on their mobile device chip segment. Not only that, but the mobile device royalty segment makes up 25.7% of the stock price. 5% is made up by initiatives and 1.9% is represented by net of debt or cash. 
Now, in recent news, Qualcomm has been pulled into this chip shortage, these chip shortage issues. Um, and they've been struggling to keep up some demand, but this is mostly actually caused by not of a shortage in no increase in demand, but a rapid increase in demand in a massive decline in supply. Um, their demand that they are seeing for semiconductors right now is insane, and I don't think the demand is going to slow down for years. In fact, I think that the demand for Qualcomm's chips and the semiconductors in general is going to be continue to go through the roof. They're seeing a skyrocket in demand, and I absolutely do believe this is the time to buy these semiconductors on the dip because I think long-term, uh, they're going to make even more money. Now, digging into the numbers, Qualcomm beat Q1 2021 expectations, delivering an EPS of $2.17. That's much better than the consensus estimate of $2.10. On a year-over-year basis, EPS increased 119.9%. Let me say that again, 119% EPS increased. Insane. Now, revenues in the first quarter also grew by 62% year over year to $8.235 billion. Um, and that was driven by strong sales out of the 5G demand in handsets and IoT technologies. Now, breaking down those revenues in their QCT segment, handsets made up $4.216 billion. That was up 79% year over year. Automotive made up $212 million. That's up 44% year over year. The RF front end made up $1.061 billion. That's up 157% year over year. And Internet of Things, otherwise known as IoT technology, was up uh, 48% to $1.044 billion in the segment. So on a year-over-year basis, all of their segments um, increasing uh, big time, and then the QTL segment increased by 18% to $1.660 billion in revenues. So solid stuff across the board when it comes to revenue growth, EPS growth, um, definitely delivering amazing numbers. Now, as for net income, Qualcomm reported a strong net income of $2.455 billion for the quarter, and that's up 165% on a year-over-year basis. Solid stuff there. Operating income increased as well, totaling $2.526 billion for the quarter, and that is much better than Q1 2020's operating income of $1.030 billion, so solid stuff there. Um, now, as for guidance, management delivered, well, once again, rock-solid guidance. Uh, expecting Q2 revenues to land within a range of $7.2 to $8 billion. Breaking down guidance, leadership is expecting QCT revenues to be $6 billion to $6.5 billion and QLT revenues to total, QLT revenues to total $1.25 to $1.45 billion. Now, management was upbeat about the quarter. They said, quote, we delivered an exceptional quarter, more than doubling earnings year over year due to strong 5G demand in headsets and growth in our RF front end, automotive and IoT adjacencies, which drove record earnings in our chip business. CEO Steve Melenkoff said, now the balance sheet is rock solid with a total debt of $15.7 billion, total liabilities of $30.09 billion, total assets of $37.409 billion and a cash return from investments level of 12 $2.98 billion. So not a bad balance sheet, a solid balance sheet. There could be improvement in the amount of cash compared to the amount of debt, but overall solid balance sheet. When it comes to the valuation, a price to earnings of 22 times, a forward price to earnings of 16 times, a price to sales of 5.53 times, a price to book of just around 20 times, and a price to cash flow of around 13 times. Overall, the valuation is much less compared to an AMD or an you know, in NVIDIA. So I like it. I think it is a solid buy here. Management also doing a solid job with return on equity. 
of 113%. A return on assets of darn, darn near 20%, currently 19.06%, and a return on invested capital of 25.79%. The high price target, 171 bucks. The low price target, 150 uh, I take that back. Mean price target, 171 And then the high price target, 200 bucks a share. So solid price targets there. Analysts are bullish. 74.75% of Qualcomm is owned by institutions. Solid stuff there. Um, so overall, what do I think about Qualcomm? Well, I just gave you the breakdown of all the numbers within just a few minutes. So I apologize if I went too fast. But in short, Qualcomm, uh, dollar sign QCOM, by the way, that's the ticker QCOM, is an excellent company with growing demand, solid positioning in the 5G industry and a broad customer base that continues to be impressed. So overall, what do I think about the overall market? Um, what do I think about the semiconductors? I do think that the semiconductors will eventually bounce. They're all down huge on the one month and three month. Um, so overall, I do believe that you can buy the semiconductors here safely. They've all had solid pullbacks. And I think Qualcomm is one of my favorites disclaimer it's one of my holdings um but i do like it and it's one of my holdings because it's one of my favorites in the semiconductor um space and i think semiconductors are the future and i definitely do think you need to invest in the future so definitely one to check out <clears throat> but that is the show so thank you all for listening to the running with the money podcast to catch the breakdowns also go to runningwiththemoney.com where you can get all of our breakdowns completely free under the analysis section thank you all for listening uh, i'll see you again in the next episode on wednesday to talk about even more market news in the meantime pay attention to that fed meeting it's going to be very important anyway uh easily profit trade on and see you then